0: welcome back in here Keon on sports wrestling with legends uh podcast uh one of our favorites here fred rosser you guys remember him as darren young now tearing it up as well in pjw welcome to the show
1: thank you i always say don't die with the story and you tell it mr no days off fred rosser my government name is in the house you know darren young uh i have many memories with darren young but mr no days off fred rosser is in the house and again Thank you for having me, Vincent.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, before we get to you know all the wrestling fun, I wanted to start off with really, to me, what is the most important thing to discuss today? And that is the Stop the Hate movement you have gone ahead and created. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about the inspiration behind that, and what you hope to achieve?
1: Vincent, you can call it whatever you want. Stop the hate, block the hate, but hate has no space, hate has no place uh anywhere you know what I mean in crazy times like this we gotta unite and we gotta keep pushing forward and you know when I do interviews uh I can always plan out my interviews but speaking from the heart is what works best for me and uh this interview we can go all over the place but starting off with my block eight movement which is so near and dear to my heart you know my somewhat coming out story had a galvanic effect on the wrestling and entertainment world and i love using the word galvanic because it had a sudden change for the better and uh i made worldwide news with wwe coming out as the first openly gay wwe superstar but i always say i'm not the first and i'm not the last but I am someone that came out while still signed with WWE. So I say at this point in my career, my job as the first openly gay WWE superstar to come out is to instill confidence in our youth and to lead by example. So I didn't think my story, my coming out story was a big deal until of all people back in 2013, uh, the icon we all know of as Share. Cher had reached out to me on social media in the DMs it all goes down in the DMs and she said that because of her because of her hearing my story uh, all over the news one of her friends who's a big wrestling fan came out to his family and she thanked me and it was that minute that I realized that my story was a big deal so I always say my fight is much more bigger than in the ring. It's outside of the ring fighting bigotry and hatred and ultimately trying to be the voice of the voices when it comes to not only the LGBTQ community, but an ally like yourself, you know? Vincent, you might've gotten bullied uh, because maybe you wore glasses. I got bullied because I had a speech impediment. I would stutter a lot. I was an overweight kid, but I didn't let those disabilities or setbacks hold me down. I achieved my dreams of becoming a WWE superstar. So at the end of the day, I want people to see me on social media, doing these interviews with you or on YouTube, on TV and say to themselves, well, if he can be courageous, if he can do it, then so can I. So my block hate movement is universal. You know, in this world, we all receive hate for various reasons, but in order to be strong and successful, got to block the hate so this is this is this is the pose vincent this is this is the money shot you know at the end of the day i always say i want this to be the next middle finger someone cuts you off you roll on
0: your window hey block the hate you know (laughs) yeah absolutely and you know a couple things there one uh fans it's block the hate not stop the hate i misspoke i apologize but listen
1: no 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 you 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 hit it on the head though
0: yeah. I mean, you really hit it on the head. And it's funny, too, because, you know, I'm 40 years old and I have I have kids in school right now, quite frankly, and they have a ton of friends, but there's still always that one bully. You know, you, you can never avoid that one bully. And I had them growing up. You, it's funny you mentioned the glasses and my ears and everything else. So to me, these were things I had overcome. But for you personally, you put yourself out there. And to me, that makes you a hero willing to do that, because look at even the biggest stars, the biggest stars in pro wrestling, okay, in the industry in general, you got guys like Roman Reigns and John Cena and Hawk Hogan and on, and on down the line. And in every decade, all the biggest stars still had hate put on them, right? They couldn't do anything 100% right without at least one fan booing, even when they were supposed to be the, the king fan favorite, right? So yeah, all that. And people have what I call um, internet muscles. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> the same things. And that's something crazy enough. Again, I'm at the age being 40 years old. I didn't grow up with that. Right. So I grew up in the, in the era of go in the playground and, and duke it out if you had to. Yes. Yes. Nowadays though, kids and even adults are getting bullied online and cyber bullied and all this other stuff. It's so much to deal with, which again, I think makes somebody like you a hero. What kind of advice would you give to somebody who is currently going through being picked on, being bullied for whatever it is? Because, I do not. I'm sorry. But I do not call um, uh, well being gay. Okay. I don't call yeah. it a disability because it's not. Because if anything, you're stronger than most people. Quite right. Because you're willing to accept yourself. But what what would you what would you tell those people? Uh,
1: I, I love that internet muscles. I don't have a pen or a paper nearby, but I have to remember that internet muscles. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's not necessary at all. But uh, three things that are. Near and dear to my heart that really resonate with me, that I always tell my audience is number one, uh, someone that's struggling, you've got to surround yourself around people who light up anytime you walk into a room. That's number one. Number two is slowest is the fastest way to get to where you want to be. So no one shouldn't hold a gun to your head and tell you or force you to come out, but slow and steady wins the race, you know what I mean? So when, when the time is right, it took me 30 years to come out to the world. It took me 28 years to come out to my immediate family. So for me, slowest is the fastest way to get to where you wanna be. And when you finally do come out, number three, the top of one mountain is the bottom of the next. So keep climbing. When you finally decide to come out, you know again you have a duty to instill confidence in our youth for me i achieved my goals of being a wwe superstar by being told by no by, by by being told by wwe no over 40 times you know i was consistent i was consistent i ultimately got my contract i earned my contract that's the top of the mountain i wasn't happy being closeted being part of the nexus, not comfortable with myself, you know, now I'm finally able to be myself. I finally reached the top of the mountain. So the top of one mountain is the bottom of the next. So now that I'm at the top, I've got to take my advocacy, go to schools, do, uh, do Zooms with, 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 with classrooms during the pandemic, during the pandemic, try to Give as much fitness tips, free fitness tips, as much as possible during these crazy times of the pandemic. So, you know, I can't just settle at the top, you know, because that's my new bottom. I got to keep climbing and keep growing. So, those are three things I always tell the LGBT community or anyone that gets bullied into silence. One, surround yourself around people who light up anytime you walk into a room. Two, slowest is the fastest way to get to where you want to be and number three the top of one mountain is the bottom of the next
0: absolutely and i wanted to point something else out too. a reason why um you know somebody with your story and now there's others as well who have come out who are professional wrestlers here's why i think it's tremendous okay you know i grew up in an era with guys like uh, adrian adonis and gold dust and anybody who is supposed to be around that spectrum right and they were instantly hated they're a little bit different. And now, granted, they took a stereotype and took it to the extreme, and that's what professional wrestling is. Um, you know, even more recently, uh, I mean, I'd say even going back 10 years, you know, every time a guy was not from America, unless he was Canadian or Samoan, he was instantly a bad guy. You know, anybody from Russia, bad guy. Anybody from, I don't know, you know, name a country, bad guy. So they're getting out of that, which to me is, is just so huge than a sign of the times. I wanted to ask you this as well, you know, kind of transitioning into your wrestling career. You spent a little bit of time in FCW, you know, before there was, and we're going to get to it in a second, NXT and all that, there was training grounds, OVW, FCW. During your time with FCW, who jumped out at you as like real talent? Like, man, this guy's going to make it man or woman. Like who are a few names you remember working with and kind of knew from that moment on?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, Vincent. Um, and you talk about, uh, you know, Goldust and Adrian Adonis. And I say that was then, and this is now. Me representing New Japan strong, uh, and we'll get into that. Um, but who stood out to me? Uh, right off the top of my head, I was already up on the main roster, but looking down at what was coming up, I always said Sasha Banks. You know, Sasha Banks, Mercedes, uh, I know her as. I always said that she was she was going to be something uh Seamus I was down in FCW with uh Seamus uh Heath Slater um all the Nexus members Hmm. but I would have to say that that Seamus was hungry 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 a lot of the guys uh, probably thought that he was a um suck up you know but I looked at it as him grinding, you know, developmental. You want to just do what you got to do and move up to the main roster um, as soon as possible or however long it takes you. For example, I remember my last indie match before I got signed to WWE May 4th, 2009 was against Big Daddy V. You remember Viscera? Absolutely. And he's an OG, so he was my last independent match. He didn't know who I was, but of course, I knew who the OG was. And we didn't, we, we didn't really communicate much uh, before the match until afterwards. And we had a banger, you know, me and Big Daddy V had a banger. And he sat back afterwards in his chair and he looked at me and he said, you know what? You are gonna be at the, on the main roster in less than a year. You watch you watch. I said, Oh man, big daddy V. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And he was right. You know, I got signed May 4th, 2009 out of 75 guys and girls from all over the world. I earned my contract with with WWE. I I, I hate saying, I hate saying that, Oh, like the old timers back in my day, but literally back in my day, 2009, I had to pay to try out for wwe nowadays guys get invited to the performance center and yeah. uh they might even get paid to try out for wwe but in 2000, i paid 15 i don't i don't remember the uh amount to try out it might have been a thousand but i paid to try out and i earned my contract the same day i earned my contract was the same day aj lee earned her contract so um it's like I grind it and grind it and grind it. And, you know, I earned it, you know what I mean? So, uh, I got to FCW the same day I got the same day. I stepped foot into Florida championship wrestling. It was June 25th, 2009, same day. Michael Jackson died. As soon as I walk into the, uh, florida championship wrestling everyone's phones are blowing up you know oh my goodness michael jackson passed away that was my first day of practice uh and then soon after uh they started the original nxt game show which i absolutely hated. but yeah got signed may 4 2009 started in-ring with FCW June 25th, 2009. And then whenever the original NXT, whenever they called us up, 2010, February I don't know, 2011. Yeah. Yeah, I was, yeah. I, was, I, was, I was up on the main roster, so Big Daddy V was right after our match.
0: He nailed it less than a year. Now, I got to tell you, May 4th is a huge date for me, my friend. That is the day I met my wife. It's also my uh, day day. May 4th, the second you said that, you probably saw me light up because that was my favorite day uh, that's when i meant the love of my life. So um, I wanted to ask a little bit about that too. So, you know, all truth be told, like I probably sent in the email, we do a lot, you know, with MLB and NBA and NFL, but I'm just going to straight up tell you, like wrestling is my, is my favorite since I've been a little kid you now some more. So I, I watch basketball and baseball and all that good stuff, but wrestling is where, is where it's at for me. Right. So, you know, they take the, the, the rebranded ECW off the year, which, which really never made it. And they replace it with, NXT like you said the the original game show version of it I thought it was terrible so <laughs> you're not alone in thinking that so I want to ask you though like what was the like when they came to you and like you said Heath and Ryback and everybody else and Skip Sheffield who became Ryback did they tell you guys okay this is what it's going to be it's going to look like a really hokey uh, reality show do you get to control your own character like how did all that come about because to me it was so random like out of nowhere random
1: yeah, I think uh, from what I can remember, a lot a lot of my memories are a blur, um, but yeah, I, I remember John Laurinaitis coming down to Florida Championship Wrestling, and uh, I remember them talking about this show amongst us, and seven guys would, would get picked, and I was one of them, so I was excited. Yes, 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 I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, of course, you know, and again, at this time, I still wasn't out, so I was still closeted. I was still hiding. I was still struggling. Uh, I was terrified of the microphone, terrified, petrified of the microphone uh, because I wasn't confident in myself. And once we got brought up to the main roster, Matt Stryker was the host. He kind of knew sort of what was going on. But really, I always said to myself, and I always say in interviews that if I would have wanted to do american gladiators or american ninja warrior i would have done that you know for me when i get put in a situation where you know you see this new guy and he's oh okay he's got a good look but he's then he's got to juggle and he's got to do these things that i'm not really good at you sit there as a fan and you're like oh man look at this joke you know i'm not going to take this guy seriously so i felt like being exposed to that it took me so much longer to uh get accepted by the fans you know what I mean um but it was a nightmare anytime you know they would be tight tightening up those yellow ropes I would I would just be freaking out because it was uh we didn't know what was going on you know we didn't know what the challenges were and it was just it was just a mess it was it was a complete mess and but I love sharing my stories about it uh, because I couldn't stand it
0: yeah, well, let me ask you this then. So it, to me, it went from – and I'm I i, I I'm shooting straight from the hip. Don't even have this one written down. So it went from being terrible to incredible. And here's – I'm going somewhere with this. So we watched you guys for 10 weeks or whatever it was, and I'm like, this was bad, right? Like, honestly, you jumped off the page to me. Um, Daniel Bryan clearly jumped off the page. Wade bearing Okay, so there was four or five guys where I was like, these guys can make it, like get them something. Serious. But you guys, like you said, we're seen as a joke for 10 straight weeks. All of a sudden you come out of nowhere and beat the living snot out of the face of the company, John Cena. Everybody's going berserk. One of the best storylines of all time, in, in my opinion, Guys mm-hmm. did with the Nexus. How did that come about? And as you were going through the hokey game show, was when was that presented to you? Like, Hey, stick with it. Cause we got something gigantic coming down the road.
1: Yeah. I always get stuck telling this story. I know some <laughs> of the other Nexus members are probably good at, you know, knowing exactly, exactly detail what happened. I just know after we were done with the original NXT season, um, I think it was maybe Miami when we debuted, but I just remember us being brought into a uh, office with Vince and Michael Hayes maybe Arne Anderson and them just giving us the rundown on what was going to happen tonight and it was going to be big and if you guys didn't deliver someone was going to be fired. I just remember I just remember that someone was going to be fired if we didn't deliver. So we had to execute and we executed. Yes. I I I went after the timekeeper, the uh, the timekeeper. Uh, I, I leveled him, you know, it was just chaos. It, it was just chaos. And that's it. Everyone always says, you know, they wish it would have lasted longer. But a lot of people, even guys I wrestle with on New Japan Strong, I'm like, man, this is over 10 years ago. So I literally feel like this is the problem of my career. And I'm like an Becoming an OG, you know, September eleventh, two thousand two, will be twenty years I've been wrestling. So these guys that I'm wrestling with on New Japan Strong, they're saying, "Yeah, man, I remember when you tore up the ring." And uh, the next day, I was at school in junior high. I was a like, junior high. I was like, "Oh my goodness, you know, junior <laughs> high." And yeah, you know, we did it. We did it. And it's something that uh, I'll always remember. It's something I always joke about. Hopefully we can be in the Hall of Fame because I really I enjoy going to the Hall of Fame. A lot of the wrestlers don't like going to the Hall of Fame, sitting through the Hall of Fame because they think it's boring. I love the Hall of Fame. I always say that, you know, we would probably be the largest group, I think, to get inducted into the Hall of Fame. You know, Um,
0: even when they did the NWO, it was only like five minutes. Oh,
1: really? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, Yeah, there was more 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 nwo more nwo guys but the main the main guys i guess were five you said so we would probably be the largest faction to be inducted so i always throw those uh th- throw those out there to see if a- anyone catches it because you know um yeah i just love the hall of fame i just want to be a part of
0: it so Here's the thing too. I I'm not uh, internet wrestling guy. I'm just not like I'm not. I mean, we write about it and it does well for us. But I'm not the guy who goes on and criticizes like every booking decision. I don't care. Like as long as I enjoy it and my kids enjoy it, it is what yeah. it is. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, Vince McMahon's a billionaire for a reason. Those guys are, they're doing that because they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Instead, I do strongly disagree with one thing that occurred. You guys were red hot right? So you're going from, I think it was, I don't even know, May, May through August. And I think you probably yeah. going with this. So you get to SummerSlam, which is the second biggest show of the year. You know, I think you should have won. So it, it, it's the the uh, Nexus versus Team WWE. Um, and I get Daniel Bryan coming back and the big pop for Daniel Bryan. That's totally cool, whatever. But that night you guys should have won. Why didn't you? you, um,
1: didn't you? Yeah, you know, um, I always say we don't have control over what goes on. They can pencil you in and erase you out. And, you know, I recently listened to, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts or interviews. If they come up, you know, sometimes I'll watch them, but I was very intrigued with Vincent Mann uh, and the one guy that interviewed him. What's his name? I forget his name. Do you know who I'm talking about?
0: And then, I don't know, Bruce Prichard has a show now, Brian Elvis has a show. No, uh, he's a commentator on SmackDown. Uh, oh, Pat McAfee. Yeah. yeah, Pat.
1: Yeah, that interview. I don't know if you saw that, but I watched it from beginning to end, and uh, everything Vincent Mann said was spot on, you know. One, I always say he gave me, I'll never say a bad thing about Vincent Man. you know. I'll never sure. say a bad thing about anything uh, because that's just not how I roll, but I always say Vince McMahon gave me the opportunity to get paired up with Bob Backlund and to do my thing. And I always say the most intimidating thing about Vince McMahon is his office door. Once you get through his office door and you have a game game plan, the sky's the limit, you know? So, um, listening to Vince McMahon, business is business at the end of the day, you know what I mean? So John Cena was the top guy at the time, you know, um, it's just the way it is. He, he was, he, he was a top guy and a top, top dog. Chris Jericho felt like maybe we should have went over. I think he's done interviews saying that Uh, it's business. You know what I mean? So um, I was just happy to have been a part of it, even though if you watch it back, I was in the match 30 seconds and I was just eliminated. Uh, I wish I would have had more time, but, it is what it is. That's my favorite line. I hate going to it, but that's just the nature. You know, It's business, so you just have to roll with it and make the most out of it.
0: Did you get a chance at all during that whole process to talk to Bret Hart? Like you said, you were in, in the match 30 seconds, so you never hooked up with him, but was there like any backstage conversations with him at all? Like, can you be a fan for a few minutes or no?
1: Well, you know, the funny thing is that Bret Hart and I's relationship is deeper than in the ring when he was diagnosed with prostate cancer a few years ago, my uncle who I'm very close to, he's a urologist and um, uh, a very, very big urologist here in the States. And I connected the two. I connected my uncle, Dr. Charles Rosser and Bret Hart together. And Bret Hart, if you ever interview him or or you just ask him yourself, uh, what's your story with Fred Ross or Darren Young? He'll tell you that, man. You know, Fred's uncle. Out of all the doctors that Brett talked to about his prostate cancer and di- and diagnosis, Fred's Fred's uncle, Charles, Doctor Charles Rosser, was the most informative and assured him that he would recover from prostate cancer and helped him navigate as to what was the best doctor to deal with and. Brett was cured from the cancer and um, not to toot my own horn, but that's my relationship. That's my connection towards Brett. And then from then on, anytime, any place, anywhere, you know, I like for him to shout out the block, the hate movement. Boom. He's right on him and his wife, Stephanie, always supporting me. If I see him at conventions and he knows that I'm there, he says, Oh, tell Fred to come over. Boom! We go running over to one another, and it's just—it's just a personal connection that I always remember and I'll always cherish and share. You know, so you are yeah, not—not not to toot my own horn. Horn. That's my personal relationship with Brett. So yeah, it's all good.
0: Glad I asked that question, huh? That was
1: uh, yes. Thank you.
0: <laughs> no problem. He's—he's uh, he's my all-time favorite wrestler. Um, truth be told, little Mick Foley. Cheap plug here. Uh, my, my first ever book was called Hero, and it was based. Uh, I, the book had nothing to do with big time wrestling, but the mm. new book is called Hero. Mm. The reason for the title was a promo that Bret Hart gave in the summer of 1997 when they had the Hart Foundation faction that was beloved all over the world, but the United States. And he was in the I think Nova Scotia, so in Canada, and he gave a promo and said, "Thank you for still letting me be your hero." And for whatever reason, I was I think it was. 15 years old at the time. But I remember listening to that. I'm like, man, it just stuck out. Right. And as you know, you know, cause, cause everybody in the media, we, we have road trips, we got to travel. And, and just like you you know, do some traveling. And when you're driving and you're driving, and, and especially when you're by yourself, like you do, your promo in your head, you, you, you have that yes. in your head. And that hero one stuck out for so long. when I got my first book published, I was like, it's being called hero. Bret Hart is my favorite wrestler. Got to meet him. Um, You know, in the media, we have to be professional at all times. Yeah. When I met him, I almost started crying. I gave him a copy of my book, Hero, because it was so emotional for me because that, that was a guy who inspired me as a kid. You know what I mean? Just like you've inspired people. I, I, have a, I have a few more questions for you. Um,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Taking the time. This has been a blast. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, another guy who uh, you know you came across. So what they did was they pulled apart NXT. It became its own uh, company, which is – obviously the smartest thing I think Vince McMahon's done in years because mm-hmm. NXT became a, a like, a, whatever, a minor league system, which it's not, like, just incredible. But you stayed on the main roster and you paired up with uh, Titus O'Neil to become the primetime players. How much fun was that? Because it looked so much fun watching you guys and to see you jump off the screen.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. When I met Titus, I met him in Florida championship wrestling. And I remember him walking in the door with Steve Kern and I think Dave Batista and him were good friends and Dave Batista said, you should try out wrestling. And he ultimately showed up to Florida championship wrestling and got signed in the two weeks into his signing, he got into a little scuffle with one of the wrestlers backstage because one of the veteran wrestlers was kind of hazing or bullying one of the, one of the other wrestlers in the ring that was like sweating all over the ring. And uh, the two wrestlers were arguing and then the one and, and the Titus was on the outside of the ring. The Titus was like being like a hero. Hey man, leave him alone. Like w- whatever happened, whatever happened. And then the veteran wrestler, Lennox Mackerel, what's his name, and Titus O'Neill started fighting. Uh, outside of the ring during practice they got broken up they got suspended i think for a couple of weeks and titus stayed and i think lennox mackerel ultimately got released and i said to myself after after the after that little confrontation where i didn't really know titus i said i'm staying far far away from him, far away (laughs) but then into his training he was um he him and i connected because I was always grinding in the ring. I would always be the first one there, last one to leave. I loved it so much, you know. I loved it just as much as I love it now. And I would say after practice, and he would say after practice, and I would work with him constantly, constantly, because he's a big guy, right out of football, right into uh, the performance center. So a lot of guys that maybe grinded on the minor leagues or, uh, I'm sorry, the independents, you know, might have been a little jealous that, you know, oh, he didn't do the independents, you know. So – that's that's what I feel. That's what I feel when a lot of guys just come fresh off the football field back then. But I stayed with Titus and worked with him, worked with um because he's a big guy. I said, man, hey, you don't gotta do much, you know. You you know, just you know, just listen to me, listen to me. And ultimately he got brought up onto NXT season three or whatever. And then after all of uh, you know, the NXT was kind of done at the time, uh, we were signed. To SmackDown by John Laurinaitis and Vincent Man. Before that, would always see us backstage on NXT. We would always be together, laughing, having a good time. And a lot of what you see backstage really happens, uh, really comes to light on screen. So that's when Vince told John Laurinaitis, "We'll do a segment where you know we're gonna have these guys team up and um, be on SmackDown." And then it all took off. You know, uh, I think how the millions of dollars dance came about was by accident. You know, it was like, we got a win uh, on SmackDown and we came together and we just kept going side to side, you know, side to side. And that's, it came up on SmackDown by accident. Um, But I always say Titus was always a mouthpiece. He was always the loud one. Um, There would be some times when we weren't on Raw or weren't on SmackDown and Titus would, bust right in Vincent Man's office and he'd be like, Hey boss, what you got for us? What you got for us? Because they have tons of meetings and putting the show together and breaking it down and all that stuff And sometimes we wouldn't be on the show, but Titus would bust in. I'd be Oh, 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 Titus, wait, wait, let's have a game plan first. So I can say some stuff. You can say some stuff, but he would bust in. And that's why um, when the time came for me to propose the, Make Darren Young great again with Vince. It was easy because I was able to just knock on Vince's door, go in, give him the four one one on what I wanted to do. So Titus, Titus was the mouthpiece. Titus was the businessman. Titus worldwide was legit. You know, uh, any city, uh, Seahawks, um, you name it, whatever, uh, NFL, college. Uh, big name college, uh, school. We got to work out at their facility. That's um, awesome, I, I remember we were the tag team champions, had the titles. We were at the Seattle Seahawks facility training and, uh, Russell Wilson, the quarterback who I'm sorry, I've got to say, I've got a huge crush on still to this day. He saw Titus and I, and I, I didn't think he knew who I was, you know, he came right up to us, and started talking to us like, wow, it's so great to meet you guys. And like, I'm just fanboying, like crazy. Oh. He, he wanted to take a picture with us. I immediately gave him my belt, you know, <laughs> uh, because, you know, of course I had a man crush on him, but yeah, Titus had to the hookup. Um, I always say I was a wrestler at the end of the day. I love wrestling. I love, I love, I just love wrestling. And again, even doing the prime time players, I wasn't comfortable with myself, so I still wasn't comfortable on the mic. Uh, but when I came out, I, I pretty much what you see is what you get. You know, I don't have to cut wrestling promos like this. Before I came out, to sound more masculine and to sound more tough, I could just talk like this and just and just be and just be myself. If I stutter, I stutter. So what? That's that's just who I am. Uh, President Joe Biden stutters. Oh well. He embraces it. I I embrace it. You know what I mean? Uh, Absolutely. Yes.
0: Well, hey, listen. I wanted to thank you again. This was, you know, great. Thank you for going past fifteen minutes. Obviously.
1: Yeah. No. <laughs> so anytime. I was, I was afraid
0: to ask, you know, but hey, listen, this was perfect. Uh, I want to close out the show because you are doing tremendous things right now. We see it right there on your T-shirt. There. Yeah. Uh, if you want, just real quickly. Where can fans follow you on social media? And more importantly than that, where can they watch you, Russell?
1: First and foremost, remember the hashtag, hashtag block, block the hate, block the hate. It's real simple. Hashtag block the hate. You can see what's going on on my social media, my government name, at Real Fred Rosser, Twitter, Instagram, at Real Fred Rosser, R E A L F R E D R O S S E R, you can get the form on one on what's going on with me. I always say my social media is my open diary to the world. So anything I ever post always comes from the heart, with the intent to inspire, motivate, and educate the masses that might look up to me for inspiration. There's so many that I look up. For inspiration, uh, The Rock, Tom Hanks, Denzel Washington, Matthew McConaughey. Those are some of my favorites I gravitate towards, too. I know there are so many people that gravitate towards me. So definitely, if you don't have anyone that supports you in your family or if you struggle with who you are, follow me on social media and be a part of my family. Twitter, Instagram, at Real Fred Rosser.
0: Block the hate you again. Have a great day. We appreciate it.
1: Thank you.